Hello, and welcome back to Keep Rolling, the tabletop RPG podcast for the casual gamer. My name is Santi. I'm a tabletop fan, podcast host, and all around real human being. Thank you so much for joining me once again on the show. I hope everyone's doing all right out there. I'm doing pretty good myself. Took a little bit of a break from the from the podcast. Decided kind of last minute that I'm going to do it in seasons. You know, I I think I think 13 episodes is like a good length for um, you know the the kind of podcast I'm running. A little bit shorter um, takes a little bit of of research and preparation. So I've got you know um, a lot of episodes kind of in the tank. I've got some that I'm still in the process of recording. So um, the format basically from moving forward gonna stay the same day you know mondays every every week early in the morning we'll post but we'll do 13 episodes take a little break and then we'll come back fresh and and ready for a brand new season so welcome to season two episode one of the show um it's gonna be an exciting season i've got some interesting episodes planned um i'll be running my own campaign midway through the season um, I won't be recording it for the podcast because that that would kind of take some of the some of the fun out of it. But I'm sure I'll have plenty of stories and plenty of new new topics to talk about. So I'm very excited. I hope you're all excited. Thank you once again for joining me on the show. And let's get into today's topic because today, with um, with my own campaign kind of on my mind, I wanted to start a series kind of talking about building a world, right? Like like world building when it comes to um, writing your own campaign, um, you know, writing a setting for your campaign, maybe homebrewing an entire world, um, you know, an entire game, maybe, you know, maybe you're one of those people who uh, you're not satisfied with any particular, <laughs> any particular system, so you're kind of homebrewing from the, from the ground up. I wanted to talk today about, about building a world, because it's something that I've been doing a lot of lately, um, you know, I'm preparing to run a, a D&D 5e game, um, and as much as I, you know, enjoy D&D and its kind of rule sets, um, you know, the world that D&D kind of crafts, I, I really enjoy kind of building my own mythologies, I enjoy building, you know, my own worlds for my, my player characters to, to evolve in. Um, I have a very sort of specific sensibility when it comes to fantasy in particular, um, so... You know, I decided, hey, why not take the plunge and and build my my own whole world? And I've I think I've learned a lot in the last few weeks while doing it that I thought would be kind of valuable to share. Um, you know, it 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 would obviously be hard to talk about this um, in just you know one thirty minute session. So I'm gonna have a couple of a couple episodes about this topic. I might break them up over a couple of weeks, but um, you could do you know an entire college course on world building, right? Like it's one of those things that once you've kind of broken it down and kind of looked at the individual parts, um, you know, you realize that there's so much depth and there's so much skill that kind of goes into building a world. And it doesn't have to be, you know, overly complex. It's it's only as complex as you make it, right? And it only has to be as as thought out as you make it, right? Kind of the the entire business of podcasting is overthinking incorporated. Um, but I mean, it's fun to talk about, right? Like it's fun to kind of break down these, these things that we kind of do naturally, um, and kind of, you know, look at them and, and in part and see 
you know, why, why do we do the things we do? You know, why does, do certain worlds work better than others? You know, why, why has Lord of the Rings lasted so long, right? Like, any any fantasy nerd any casual viewer you know if you say middle earth right you know exactly what you're talking about you know the kinds of people that live there you know the kind of world that is um you know if you say star wars right you know exactly the galaxy that star wars is right you can think about the individual parts of that world you can think about you know the mechanics of of the star wars universe um and i think it's kind of fun to kind of look at those things and kind of break them down and you know figure out what 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 is good world building what is you know what help what's helpful for for building a world so i think i think a, a good place to to kind of start is actually at the beginning um you know kind of you know how do you start building a world right now we're we're talking in this context about about a tabletop game right we're not talking about writing books or anything like that you could certainly take these these thoughts and processes and transfer them to something like writing a book or writing a script but i'm talking specifically about you know writing for a tabletop game, right? Writing a campaign that presumably other people are going to play in. I think I don't think there are many people who are writing D and D campaigns just for themselves. But um, you know, you you have to start somewhere, right? And I think the the start to building a world can come from a couple of different places. Um, you know, for a lot of people, um, I think a good place to start is genuinely just the world itself, like the physical place where you want your campaign to take place, right? And you know that that can be as big and broad or as you know minute of a thing as you want it to be right for me with 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 my campaign i actually started with the entire world right i i went into um the the map maker that i use it's called incarnate that's not a plug it's just a it's a thing i pay for (laughs) i pay a yearly subscription to a map making service because i am a huge fucking nerd and uh so the the first thing that I did was I actually went into into this this world this this map maker and you know I kind of I just started using the tools available to me and I just started making a world right like physically kind of mapping it out and you go okay you know this part of the world would look like this this part of the world would look like this you know kind of placing things randomly you know deciding oh I don't really like how that looks kind of changing it um and that was where kind of where I started right because when you when you kind of craft a world um, like physically, like craft a world, it, it opens up a lot of possibilities for, you know, kind of imagination, right? Like, you know, maybe you place a river in a particular spot, or you place a mountain range or something, and, and it starts to get you thinking, well, how would people get from, you know, here to here? You know, how would people live along the banks of this river? Would they live along the banks of this river? You know, what kind of creatures would, would live in, in this forest? You know, what kind of, um, people would roam across these plains? You know, it's, it kind of opens up this idea of, you know, the physical space is kind of informing the the imagination, imaginative space, I guess. Um, you know, it's this idea that, like, once you see the world as it is, you know, you can kind of fill it as you see fit. I mean, it's if you think about it, that's kind of how our world happened, right? Like, the there was, you know, the Big Bang, the, you know, depending on your beliefs, of course, you know, the, the world was formed and then it was populated, right? You know, we, we kind of came out of we didn't come out of nothing. We came out of, you know, the, the world as it stood, right? The, 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 um, conditions of, of the, the earth, the climate, you know, kind of brought about life. So you could definitely do that, you know, start there with your world, you know, start with the physical space for some people, you know, it can be 
different. You can start from a different place. Uh, you know, another thing that I, I thought a lot about when I was creating my own world was actually a creation myth. You know, like, I think if you're talking about science or um, fantasy specifically, you know, something that I think is very important to a fantasy world is the idea of myth and legend, right? Like, you know, this idea that the world was created somehow, and usually in a fantasy setting, it's created by some, you know, god or some sort of ethereal force or being. So, you know, a creation myth isn't a bad place to start, you know, it's just thinking in your head, you know, okay, well, how would this world come about, right? For me, you know, I kind of crafted this creation myth about, you know, the sun and the moon, you know, kind of generic creation myth, but it, it still stands, you know, this idea that like, there were at one point, you know, just two beings in the universe, and they came together to create, create a world. And I think a creation myth is an interesting place to start, because it'll kind of inform the beliefs of the people in your world, right? Like where they came from, where, you know, what they believe in, what what they value, right? Your creation myth is going to kind of inform that, because just like in our world, you know, a creation myth kind of changes with the times, it kind of um, you know, bleeds into our sentiments are what we think about. So I think, I think that's a really interesting place to start. You know, if you don't, if you're not a, you know, a, a visual person, I'm a very visual person, but if you're not, you know, if you're somebody who you have to start from something more specific, right? You have to start from something more, um, imaginative, right? I think a creation myth's a really cool way to start because you can kind of build a whole mythology from there, right? You can build a whole, you know, well, these are my, this is my pantheon of gods. And, you know, this is what the people in my world believe, you know, this is how they worship, you know, and then you're, you're kind of filling in the gaps from there, right? Now, another place that you can kind of start from, and I think that this is a, you know, obviously way next level. So if you're, <laughs> if you're, you know, someone who's not interested in this at all, then definitely just kind of skip ahead. But, you know, you can even take the Tolkien method and you start with language, you know. I don't even know how you'd begin to do that. I am not a linguist. I am, that is so not my world, right? But you think about the way that, you know, Tolkien kind of created the Middle Earth, right? He started with these these languages. He started with Elvish, you know, moved on to, to you know, Dwarvish and, and all these, you know, these ancient languages, and he kind of created these like myths around these languages, right? Like, where did they come from? Why do they sound like this? You know, and that's a place to start, right? Like, you know, obviously with something like D&D or, or Pathfinder or I don't know, any other kind of any of the big systems, you're going to have so many languages that you can work with. But I don't think there's anything stopping you from creating your own language, right? Creating a language and kind of expanding your world from there, like you know, what was the first language that people spoke? You know, what was the old tongue? What was the, what was the first, the first language? And, you know, how does it evolve? You know, what, how did different people take that on and adapt it? And how did it spread throughout the world? And, you know, that's a really cool way to fill the gaps in your world, right? Like what, you know, the way people talk to each other informs everything, you know, it informs how we, how we, you know, do diplomacy, it informs how wars happen, you know, how miscommunication happens, how people fall in love, you know, how people, um, you know, go about their, you know, every language is everything. So, you know, if you wanted to start from a place of language, again, I admire you because I could never do it. <laughs> I think I would, I would implode from the inside if I tried to build a world from the, the language out. But it's, it's certainly a place to start. And I think that it would be, you know, 
that's a way to build a deep, deep world is to start with the language. Um, and I think, you know, once you've got a, a place where you start from, you know, once you've kind of got this starting point for your world, you can kind of get into the nitty gritty of what your world is like, right? And obviously, I'll dive in deeper to this on on later episodes. But I think something, you know, there's some things to consider when you're building a world that are going to inform, you know, not just the way that your players kind of move through the world metaphorically, but also mechanically, right? Like, you know, there's things you have to consider about your world that are going to help you run your game because every, you know, every world, even in D&D, you know, you think about, you know, the the many worlds of D&D, the different worlds are going to operate differently. And that, and I mean that, you know, both in the physical sense and in the non-physical sense, right? Is your world a kind world? You know, is it a mean world? Is it a a discriminatory world? You know, is there is there fantasy racism? <laughs> you know, is there and you know, obviously, you know, you have to take caution if if you're doing something like fantasy racism, right? You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to hurt hurt your players' feelings or anything like that, but you know, I think it's I think it's important to consider things like that, right? Like, is this a world where people are helping each other out? You know, are the people of your world nuanced? Are they, you know, complex or are they, you know, one-sided? You know, is the average villager going to look poorly upon a non-human race? You know, is um, you know, is the environment mean or is it nice? You know, as your players are, you know, strolling through a forest, are they going to be attacked by bandits and um, you know, creatures from the forest and and are they going to be torn apart or are they going to just have a nice leisurely stroll through through the forest you know and i think that that's an an interesting thing to consider because like i said it's going to affect the way that you know you run your game mechanically if you're running this nice world you know well you got to have find ways for your players to be entertained right if you're just letting them stroll leisurely through <laughs> through the through the forest you need to throw something at them, you know, to keep your players entertained. You know, are they going to have interactions with beautiful little, you know, halflings in the forest? Are they going to, you know, whatever. And if you're running a mean world, you know, you have to consider how are you balancing these awful encounters? You know, how are you making sure your players are staying entertained? You know, do you have enough, you know, random encounters planned for your characters to run into? Are your characters playing, you know, are, are your players playing a race that is, you know, discriminated against in your world and how are you going to run that i think those are all things to consider because they're going to give your world depth right like if you just run everything kind of you know by the by the seat of your pants if you kind of run it the way our world operates you're kind of not breaking the fantasy but you you know you're definitely going to have that extra layer of depth if you if you kind of keep in mind you know what kind of world you're running and how that world operates and i think another thing to consider with that especially in a fantasy setting, it doesn't apply so much to a science fiction setting. And I, you know, we'll, we'll touch on science fiction more in later episodes, but I think if we're talking specifically about fantasy, something to consider is, you know, is this world magical? You know, are you running a high fantasy setting? Are you running, you know, a sword and sorcery? Or are you running a hard anti-magic campaign, right? Are you doing a Game of Thrones or are you doing a Lord of the Rings? You know, those are things to consider because in addition to the mechanics... It's, you know, it's a question of, you know, how much are you limiting your players? How, you know, what kind of world are you operating in where, you know, are 
are people, you know, doing magic in the streets and, you know, every, you know, magic isn't that big of a deal or is magic, you know, a really big deal, right? Is magic kind of like in, um, uh, you know, like in Game of Thrones, you know, where it's very unusual to see magic, you know, a resurrection ritual is, is very unusual, you know, a certain kind of whatever. Those are things to consider because I think, you know, it's going to depend on your table. You know, some people really love magic. There are people at my table who, you know, magic is everything, right? Like all they want to do is is be magical characters and, and you know, play around with, with the way magic works. I'm kind of the opposite, right? Like I think magic can sometimes be less interesting in a fantasy setting. You know, sometimes it doesn't have enough limits on it. I'm not anti-magic, but I, I do love worlds that are magic light. So those are things to to keep in mind because if you if you have a world that is magic light, you know, how do you handle that, right? Like if your character wants to be a cleric in a world where there's not much magic, how do you deal with that? You know, is this person unusual or is religion a different form of of magic or you know, if you're running a, a sword and sorcery campaign, right? Like you know, is is there actual magic or is it trickery, right? Like it are sorcerers, you know, people who are actually conjuring up, you know, whatever, or are they just doing illusions? And, you know, those are things to consider because the mechanics of it are going to not just change your game, but they're going to inform your game, right? Like maybe D&D isn't the best setting if you're running, and I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but, you know, like if you're running a Conan the Barbarian kind of thing, you know, maybe D&D is not your best bet because D&D leans pretty heavily <laughs> on magic and magical systems. So... I think magic is, you know, again, something to consider, right? Like, is it in your world? Is it not in your world? And related to that, you know, something that I, I keep in mind very strictly is, are there gods in your world? You know, are there deities? Are there these, you know, larger than life beings who not just created your world, but populate it, right? Like, one thing that I had a lot of fun doing was kind of creating my whole a whole pantheon of gods, right? Like, I, I made a whole you know, list of gods and demigods and lesser gods and things like that. And I, I found a lot of enjoyment in that. I thought that was really cool um, because, you know, again, it's going to kind of inform my world and kind of give it depth. And, and you know, one thing that I, I like to do is I like to have gods that interact with the world, you know, that, that you know, inform players of things that, you know, you know interact with the players. I think that's really cool because it, it creates the sense that this world isn't like our own, right? It's it dives you deeper into the fantasy. But some people don't don't like that, right? There are a lot of people who really like godless worlds, you know, or worlds where the gods have abandoned you and, you know, you're kind of left to your own devices or, you know, some people love to run like a grim dark thing, right? Where the gods are not just uncaring, but maybe they're dead. You know, maybe the gods have been killed and no one knows why. Those are things to consider because again, it's going to Everything that I'm talking about here, it's going to add depth to your world and it's going to immerse your players in a way that, you know, they you know, players love, at least the, the players at my table and the people I've experienced. The number one thing players really want is immersion, right? The whole reason we play these games is to get, you know, a break from the world, you know, to get a break from from the <laughs> mundanity of everyday life, from the, the harrowingness of everyday life, right? And if you if you're able to pull this off, like this magic trick, right? Because that's at the you know at the heart of it. That's what we're doing. To pull off this magic trick of this entire world that you've created, what you want to add to it is depth, and because depth is going to be 
you know, what keeps your players engaged. It's what's going to keep you engaged. You know, if you can fall in love with this world that you've created, that's going to change everything. You know, that's going to, that's going to take your game to the next level. So, um, unfortunately I've, I've run out of time today, but next episode we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, the environment of your world. We'll talk about, you know, using, um, you know, stealing from other sources to kind of inform your world. And we'll, we'll really get into depth about genre specific things in future episodes, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, welcome back for season two. If you like what you heard, um, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, leave a nice review. Five stars really helps out the show. Um, if you'd like to send me a message, you can email me at keeprollinpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is keeprollin, R-O-L-L-I-N, podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet to me at podcastrollin on Twitter. Again, that is at podcastrollin. Or you can join me here next week, and we'll talk some more about world building. But until then, have a wonderful week, and huzzah! Huzzah!